previously on Just Cow in the City. You gotta respect it. A wooden leg named Smith. You gotta dress up for the bank. She's like, what era are you living in? Man, I'll tell you, it's crazy. I would like to go to a bank that would give a toaster out. La 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 la. There's no cleavage. It's a Jewish holiday called Shavuos. No one knows about five napkin burgers. All they do is they bring you one napkin. I mean, what kind of place is this? David Jessica has a podcast. And the summer will be a blast. Can't believe he's 70. Because he acts like he's 23 he's a mess and sometimes giddy but he'll always be just guy in the city tell us more tell us more is that what you want tell us more tell us more should i move to vermont everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City Summertime Edition. Yes, the summertime. Summer, summer, summer. Oh, no, no, no. We can't sing that anymore because we all hate Will Smith. Boy, he ruined everything for everybody. But I'm sure there's another summertime song we can sing. But it's so nice to see everybody. And it's great to be back here in the summertime. Some, some, summer, some, summertime. Yeah, it's already getting going. I'm uh, getting confused on what to wear. It's already 80 degrees today. I wore a shirt yesterday that um, uh, shows off my belly promptly, uh, prominently. I think that's the word. And, oh my God. All right, get this. All right, let's just, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. You will not believe this. So, as you know, I went to my uh, best friend's mother's funeral on Tuesday, which is why I could not be on the Tuesday show. And Alon Altman did a very competent job of taking over for the week. Him and Mike did a great job. So thank you, everybody, for continuing to watch. And uh, so we can keep the Comedy Solo Nightly show going, which is what they ask of us. So I love getting a guest host once in a while. Obviously, I, you know, I like to just keep everything consistent. But what are you going to do? I'm glad I Took the day off. I did the right thing. I stayed all day at this funeral, and it was a, a lovely time. Like I've told you, I've I've never had a bad time at a funeral. Never. I am 100%. I am 100 and O, or whatever, how many funerals I've been to. Never a bad time. Even the horrible ones are great. I love seeing people, <laughs> which, again, is weird because I also like staying. Anyway, that's not the point. Guess who was at the funeral? Can you guess? You'll never guess. Well, you might be familiar with a character I like to call Jessica Dan. Jessica Dan. Taller than your average Jew. Able to get high without paranoia. Able to stay out until all hours. Able to see plays without a nap. And who, disguised as old man Juskow, a lowly paralegal for a shitty law firm company, brings joyfulness and good vibes to a nation that needs to learn how to party down. Juskadan. Ah, so you are familiar. Yes, you remember our our Superman playoff for Juskadan, yes? And Juskadan is invented 
where I took the character, as you know, that I made up from the character Micadan. Now, Micadan is a big, fat, disgusting piece of shit who unfortunately, to all our dismay, married my best friend's sister. Even though we begged her, <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I don't know whether it was just like, I don't know if it'll get any better for me. This guy wants to buy. Who knows why she chose him? Because there was controversy at the funeral of why she chose this piece of shit. And he is a piece of shit. He's a big, fat piece of shit. And I've got the photos to prove it on the bonus show. <laughs> In fact, it made me feel so good about myself <laughs> like seeing his fatness and grossness. Anyway, so this guy's such a piece of crap. That you know, we were all nice to him when he was married to uh, my friend's sister, but you know, then we began to hate him because he was mean to her. Uh, I don't think he gives any child support. You know, deadbeat dad, horrible person. I don't think the kids have any relationship with him. The, the fact that there's kids involved just makes it just fucking worse. And this guy just really is a piece of shit. There's no other way to put it. And I'm sure if my friend Lawrence is listening, he's like, "You go, girl." <laughs> he's Oh, geez, don't say that about him on the pocket. I don't think there'd be any issue. Couldn't care less if he, for some reason, was listening. It doesn't matter. Oh, this guy's so bad that he's in my Cars movie. We put him in the Cars movie. And Memo, who likes everybody, hated him so much he cut him out. And, of course, there's, oh, man, I got to find that thing. There's a legendary, when Memo was storyboarding the Cars movie, we have him, and he just wrote him, and it's just a huge circle, you know, like a big circle with a small head on top. And I know I kept it because it made me laugh so hard uh, that that's how he depicted uh, this guy. So as anyway, the point of the story being is that this is Micadan. This is the douchebag that came up with the Adan. And somehow in my football pool many years ago, we were like, what's the mic? Because we would go to tailgates together because there was nothing we could do. He was my friend's brother-in-law for a while. We go, what does Mike Dan stand for? He goes, Mike all day, all night. I'm pretty sure we laughed hysterically. He probably thought, oh, these guys must think we're cool. But I'm pretty sure we laughed in his face because he's got to be kidding, right? So that is a second tier that only you guys no, what I'm talking about, Jessica Dan, that just got all day, all night, is a gag, even though I am trying to truly be that guy in the Damone sense of being. The, the joke is that this guy isn't Micah Dan. He is far from Mike all day, all night, just like my character is far from that, and that is the gag, as we all know. But I, but the original guy who invented the the phrase, you know, where we because it's only funny taking it from a douchebag that invented this phrase that had so much faith in himself that he thought he was the coolest guy, which is possible how he married this girl because she was like, but he's so cool. He's like he parties all the time. He's Mike Dan. He parties all day, all night. <laughs> that maybe he somehow got this character together himself. And has this thoughts of himself being this guy, which is the exact opposite. But he doesn't get it. And you all know I 
I get it. I mean, do I want to be that guy? Dude, I want to be that guy. Certainly when I was younger, absolutely. We all want to be that guy. But you can't say it. Somebody else has to call you that. You can't, you can't just make it up and that to be your word. Somebody has to invent the term for you. you that's, that's the issue, you know? Like when we call my friend Katie Last Call Birmingham, you know, she can't call herself Last Call because, you know, she likes to drink. No, we have to call her Last Call. We have to invent the phrase. You can't just make it up yourself. But the original Mike Adana, I couldn't even believe it. I mean, I guess maybe I thought he'd be there, but then I'm like, no, he's such a deadbeat. So everybody was actually kind of excited that he came. And then he came to the Shiva later, and everybody was now not excited because he only came for the food. And the food was good. <laughs> but, you know, he only came for the free food. Eh, in a way, I can, of course, respect that, but... No, nah, he's horrible, and nobody wanted to see him. And, you know, the apartment was small, so he takes up a lot of room, as you'll see in the bonus content. And, you know, I think he's standing next to my sister in the picture, and, you know, that, then he looks, and, and you know, he just dwarfs. He's also very tall. I don't know. I just thought it was so funny. I could not wait. It was driving me crazy. I could not wait to tell you guys that I ran into the original Micah Dan, which Just Dan is based on. I can't remember calling myself Just Cowadan, but yeah, that's Jessica Dan is totally hello. And the first parts of the podcast we were calling it Jessica Dan, I think when I went to Ireland, but it's Jessica Dan is obviously the way to go. And the Jessica Dan character is classic. And when we were in the car, my sister and I were going with our friends Nancy and Eric to the uh, the gravesite itself. I was explaining to them about it, and she goes, "Oh, Eric, isn't that funny? You used, they used to call you Demone in high school, like he was." He was the Damone guy in high school, which is great. That's where you want to be, Damone. I mean, I wish people called me Damone in high school. I wish I was that cool. But you, I think we all realize that that'll never be me. I cannot. I am not. First of all, I'm not. I might be cool, but I'm cool in a different way. And I am not unexcitable. I get too excited. You know me. I'm out at a bar and I'm like, this is the best night ever. Damone would never do that. Cause where, but I mean, I am where you are is the place to be, for sure. And I've taken that creed from that movie, but I can't keep it together. I get too excited. <laughs> I get too emotional, and that is not Demone like. But Jessica Dan is Jessica Dan, and that's that. And I think I told. Oh, so the news is this. Okay, so as you know, every Saturday night in Rutherford, New Jersey, I'm going to tell you how this went. I am uh, MC. I'm hosting this uh, show in Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Wilson Center. That's what it, no, the Williams Center. I keep saying Wilson, and I'm like, no, it is not the volleyball from Castaway. It's the Williams Center in Rutherford, and I'm going to tell you about this in a second. That's every Saturday night. However, July 14th and 15th, there's a big announcement, and it's not that big. I will be appearing with Rachel Feinstein. It just got confirmed hours ago at Uncle Vinny's down in Point Pleasant. New Jersey I believe there's only two shows nine o'clock each night because I said to Rachel I'm like I wonder if there's two shows because it would be weird if you have a place down the shore that a show that starts at seven during the summertime that would be weird so I think there's just two nine o'clock shows Friday and Saturday perfect for me although I can't deny it is exciting doing two shows a night because that's something I don't do. Most comics, David Tell, Rachel, everybody we know, Sam Morell, they're all doing two or three shows a night. I don't know how they do it. I really, that's stamina. And I don't know how like a, a fat guy does it. 
you know, somebody who's really out of shape. The people we mentioned are in pretty good shape. Patel works out. He smokes a lot, but I don't know how they keep their voices together. I know Rachel starts to lose hers because she's not getting any sleep with the kid and everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they do it. You know, I mean, they're doing, I'm doing 20 minutes. They're doing 45 to an hour and then doing it again. That's amazing. So anyway, just one show, which is terrific. Nine o'clock at night. I think that we looked it up on the website because I was like, you can't have a show down the shore that starts during the daylight. It just wouldn't make sense. And I guess they know that. I guess they've apparently done their research after being there many years. But I got the confirmation that it was okay to use me as the opener. Because remember, I had to go through some hoops. Had to answer some questions. Had to do a background check for Uncle Finney's. <laughs> but that's the story. If you want to come, give me way in advance date, July 14th and the 15th, down the Jersey Shore, Dave Juskow. Playing his character of Jessica Dan. I told Rachel, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be in my Jessica Dan character on July 14th and 15th. I mean, I'm going to try and be in my Jessica Dan character. Now, I don't know if I got a driver there, but you know that makes me crazy. And I do get very uptight about driving to a place like that during the summer, down the shore. Uh, I'm very nervous. So you just said, I got to go. I got to be mellow. But then you don't want to be mellow because I want to have energy to be on the show. Very difficult to be Jessica Dan when you're doing a comedy show. Anyway, that all being said, that is what's happening. Now, let me tell you what happened on Saturday night. Uh, as you know, I got that call from the girl who kicked me in the balls and punched me in the face, Kate Herman, that she wanted to ride. Now, fortunately, she called at about 5 o'clock and said, I don't need a ride. I'm going to take the train. And I'm like, Terrific. she's like, I'm running late. I'm like, you know what? Thank you very much for telling me way in advance. Thank you for not letting me wait at the parking garage. I appreciate that very much. I was, very, I was thrilled because I was just nervous driving with her anyway. I did end up driving her home, and it couldn't have been. She is the worst person. She's also on the show again this week, and she is just a real horrible human being. And I wasn't going to say anything, but now I just don't care. She's got a massive gambling problem that is so unattractive, it's really bad. So it's horrible traveling with her. I suppose traveling with her... Going there wouldn't be that bad because I don't think she'll be in. Well, I guess there's games in the middle of the day. I don't know. She's a piece of work. I'll tell you that. She sure is pretty. I got a picture of her on stage. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, she's pretty bad news. I really, really can't wait not to know her anymore. Uh, but I'm going to keep the peace and uh, do the best I can. I don't want any trouble. Probably shouldn't have put this out, but who cares? Well, she won't hear it on Saturday, so we'll, we'll be okay. If I never see her again, that'll be the best thing that ever happened to me. She's an awful person. And a racist and an anti-Semite. Uh, and and like, a, like a real one. I'm not just saying, you know how like sometimes we say somebody's an anti-Semite kind of as a gag. A gag, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, there's a classic anti-Semite. You know, like they're doing Seinfeld, like uh, uh, Uncle, uh, Uncle, G oh shit, why can't I remember his name? Uncle... I know. I'm going to remember it as soon as I press uh, stop recording. But Uncle Leo. Oh, my God. That was going to torture me. So he thinks everybody's an anti-Semite. You know, that's the gag. But she really is. And I think her grandparents might have been Nazis. So in a way, I can let it go because I'm pretty sure she has this horrible background of German heritage. I mean, she certainly is pretty enough to be a Nazi. And then we know she's racist because she got kicked out of the bar pretty much using the N-word. I just talked to a girl today that was actually at that bar when it happened when they wouldn't let her back in. So all the people you... So, you know, she really actually is a horrible human being. I don't know if they feel bad about it. So anyway, 
uh, this show, I go to this place, and it's this beautiful place, and the guys that run it are terrific, and they just bought it, and I think they bought it for a dollar. They have deals like that sometimes. You buy it for a dollar, but you got to put in the money to fix it up. So whoever gave it to them, in a, it's kind of like it reminded me of the Blue Man Group and the guys that, you know, if you ever come to the city and you're going to see the Blue Man Group at Astor Place, they now own the building. When they were performing there, they were only performing at the theater. But the guy loved them so much. He said, I'm going to give you this building. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pass it off that you will be the owners for a dollar. But the thing is that you have to keep the show running. That's the one clause. So that was, you know, so people make deals like that a lot in writing. So they got this place. It's beautiful. I mean, it needs a lot of work. It's old, it's interesting, it's in Rutherford, New Jersey. And they showed me the big space, and I was like, wow, this is terrific. And then they showed me where I'll be playing, (laughs) which is a a nice space, but smaller and a little weird. It wasn't a bad time. It was a good time. It was just a little, I don't know if they have air conditioning in there, so that's not going to be great for the summer. I'm not sure what their plan is or whatever, but I don't care. I am just a paid for higher person there, which is fine with me. And I had a really good time. And they, you know, I was able to have a can of Budweiser. I met the bartender up there. Now, they don't have a liquor license, but they have like a little thing where they can have some drinks that like that's legal, but they can't do it every week. I think they have like a couple times a, a month they're allowed to, you know, sell some liquor and it has to be a certain kind or amount. You know, there's all these rules and getting a liquor license in Jersey costs like a million dollars. Jersey's completely corrupt, as one would know if you've ever seen The Sopranos. But they had a bar upstairs, and I was talking to the bartender the whole time. She was really nice, and she's just, you know, they're all doing it because they're all friendly, you know, with the owners and stuff. And she's like, hey, you want to do a shot with me? And I'm like, sure, I do. And then I had a can of Bud, and then I was having a really good time. And then I just hung out with the guys after, and we were talking. I'm like, this is going to be an all right gig because I like these guys. But, you know, Kate was hanging around and she's like, can you give me a ride home? And I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, hopefully that's not going to be a weekly thing. But and meanwhile, when I got my car, there was all this bird shit all over it. And I go, fellas, what the fuck? How can there be bird shit all over my car? I park it indoors. And, the, and they just then they pretend not to speak any English. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. I pick it up. The next, the guy said, and then I brought it back that night, and I said, what the fuck is going on? He goes, oh, man, we have a hose down, so I'll try and wash it off. And I don't know whether he tried to do it or not, but then I picked it up, I guess, yesterday. It's still there. And then I say, what the fuck? How can there be this much bird shit? I mean, it looks like it's out of high anxiety where, you know, 30 birds just shit on the right side of the, the window in the car. So then I went to go to the car wash yesterday to tell I'm like I'll just go to the car wash doesn't come off and I'm like and I'm talking to the people washing the car I'm like can you and they're trying to wipe it and I'm like I don't know what it is so it's not bird shit and then I went back yesterday I'm like can you just tell me what this is so I can figure out a way to get it off and they're like oh it's the paint from the ceilings you know I mean you've seen the videos of my garage it's apparently toxic paint from the ceilings that won't come off I, I don't, what do you use, turpentine? It must be some sort of, I mean, I should, I, I want to 
kind of call the place and be like, I deserve a discount. You've so fucked up my car. But then I'm afraid like, well, if you're paying the $800 and I'm like, eh, so I'm afraid to say anything. But I'm definitely telling the manager. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, you know where they parked my car. It was just a matter of time. I'm, I'm surprised. The, the whole thing is going to crash. And thank God. I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I like those guys. But I, you know, maybe I'll get a new car. But clearly that place is going to crumble like it did down on Wall Street. You've seen it. I've shown you the videos. I don't go downstairs anymore because I fixed the steering problem and the car seems to be starting. So I don't have to go down, but you've seen where it is parked. It, there's nothing more that makes sense that something was dripping on and it's a mess. But it's funny that it drips on my car. When I see the nicer cars, uh, there doesn't seem to be any kind of issue. You've seen the battery acid in the back of my car that some spilled from the ceilings or whatever. I mean, they've destroyed this car. I just don't care. I just want a clean windshield. You know, what, what do I care if there's shit on the side of the car or whatever? I mean, I just don't give a shit about bumps or dents or dirt. It's a, you know, I just want to make sure the car drives good. And yesterday when I was in New Jersey, I heard some rattling when I was going to the gig on Saturday. I heard some rattling on the right-hand side. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, what's that? So I bought it into the Jiffy Lube yesterday, and I'm like, I've heard some rattling. And they're like, Leon doesn't work here anymore. And I'm like, what? What do you mean he doesn't work here? He's like, well, I mean, he'll come in, but he moved to Pennsylvania. But if you tell him, then he'll come in. I'm like, oh, man. Because he would have been able to figure it out. But they have another guy there that seems okay. I think his name's Angel. I don't know. Those guys are the best. He took it for a test drive. He didn't hear anything. But uh, let's hope everything's okay. I don't know. I just hear something else. I'm like, let me stop at the Jiffy Lube. See what happens. But I'm upset that Leon's not there anymore. I mean, he's my boy, as you know. I mean, there'd be no way I'd be driving that car around if it wasn't for Leon. There's no, I mean, they, they, like I said, they didn't have that part for the power steering. He, he invented something. But apparently I can call him, let him know when I'm going to be there, and he'll be waiting for me, which is really nice. So we'll just use that when it's necessary. You know, we don't want to take advantage. Just some rattling. It turns out to be a coin purse, you know, something. So whatever. Anyway, when I came, when I came home that night, I, you know, we had a good show. Kate is not good, but she was better than I've seen her before. I mean, if she's going to talk about modeling on stage, that's good. But my friend Evan came and he goes, what the fuck? He didn't, he doesn't know the situation. And he goes, what the fuck was with that girl? Did she even try? Cause that's what her comedy looks like. She's just going to get up on her looks and not even, you know, like it doesn't look like she's trying. I guess that comes off. I didn't, tell him anything about her or anything and he just mentioned it i couldn't believe he came and he saw the other two the other two guys were were terrific i mean it was i mean they were nice guys i i can't tell how anybody's comedy is because the place is weird but there were like you know 15 people there they were all very polite and nice you know it's just a strange room um i guess because i took a picture of kate i'll have kind of a picture of you'll be able to see it it's like a like stadium seating you know like i so i have to keep getting up and then running down the stairs, and my back has been killing me. It's a little better today, but oh my God, at the funeral, I was standing the whole time and pretending that it was fine, but it wasn't, uh, having trouble getting up and down. I've finally been putting ice on it and stretching, so hopefully it'll get better. But yeah, I definitely pulled something. This isn't just you know stress stuff. I, there's, there's definitely something wrong with my back because it just can't, it's a real pain, I think. I don't know, <laughs> but hopefully it's going to go away. It's been 
uh, it's been happening for about three weeks. It keeps getting worse. It gets better, but I haven't been. But I think the more walking and do, you know, I was just during the holiday, I wasn't doing anything. But those stairs will probably do it for me. I don't know. I can't bend down, though. That That's a problem. But I will be able to soon. I can barely put on my socks. It's been really difficult. Barely go to the bathroom. You know what I'm talking about? How are you? How are you, everybody? Speaking of which, I had White Castle on Sunday. I'll tell you, that stuff, I mean, I don't know what they put in there. But like clockwork, I'm like, well, you know, I'll take a Monday off. I'll be fine. You know, I mean, like clockwork. You finish it, what, an hour later? It's like getting a colonoscopy. It's like doing the prep. I love it. I mean, I just I just don't understand how it can always be the case. But yeah, you don't want to have that and then do a show. It's funny. I mean, it's like, and I, I think what happened was, I think this happened on Sunday and Monday. I tried this weed that my friend Steve has been growing. I gave it a try. I think he said it was, I don't know whether he said it was a combination, like a hybrid of sativa and indigo. So I took a couple of puffs because I wanted to try it and let him know. Then I ate the White Castle. And then it was like a sleeping pill. kind, You know, and I usually don't fall asleep from weed. So since it was early, you know, I finished work at four. I think I ate around 5.30 or six. And it was still obviously daylight. So I decided, and I did a Sunday and Monday because it was fun because it was daylight, and I've told you this before, I'm going to hang out in my bedroom. I'm going to lie on my bed. I told you, like a, like a teenage girl and underneath my picture of Aaron Rodgers, my poster on my bed, <laughs> and just kind of look out the window, and obviously I have a pretty good view and you know, maybe listen to a ball game or something. I don't know. It's very relaxing. And I think I read something. I was reading, maybe I was reading a comic book. I don't know. But I was enjoying just kind of relaxing. And then I just, I think, and then I'm like, well, I'll just get under my covers for a little bit, you know. And then I just fell asleep for six hours. But it was really like a sleeping pill. Like it was like there was like codeine in that White Castle or something. I, I, I just couldn't like get awake. Well, of course, I hadn't slept on Saturday because I was in such a good mood after the show. And then I went and I got one of those sandwiches again at the place, you know, like I just kind of rode the bike from the garage, went to the place, then walked home. I was, I was having a really nice night. It was perfect weather. And I was happy that I did a gig and it was a paying gig and there was no incidents with catering. You know, it was a very nice night. Uh, oh, that's right. And we were listening to the the basketball game on the radio, the Celtics and the, the Heat. It was a very exciting game. We were listening to it on the radio and that was exciting. And I was just in a really good mood. So I just, you know, was kind of up all night and I just really didn't sleep. And, I, and then I was watching Bosom Buddies. They had like a marathon of Bosom, Bosom Buddies on this channel and it was totally like great watching it and then i saw this episode where they were getting penny marshall to come on they were doing a public access show for one of their clients remember in the second season they had their own advertising company and they're trying to get penny marshall and i'm like oh they're not going to get penny marshall but then they did get penny marshall and i got a picture of it for the bonus show of tom hanks and penny marshall like talking they kidnapped her and they brought her on the show and i'm like oh my god this is amazing. This is in 1982, I think. Six years later, they're going to work together in big. Well, it's Penny Marshall, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Penny Marshall. Wow. You, look, you look great. Is it true that you and Shirley hate each other? <laughs> Why do 
Can't you be nice? I mean, I am here as a favor to Ruth. I'm in New York on a week off from my show, and doing a situation comedy can be murderous, even if you are part of a team. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um... I'm sorry, I'm getting rope burns in. I have to go to the bathroom, so... Boy, you are a temperamental one, aren't you? Could you untie me, please? Listen, we don't have a lot of time for that pen. I'm sorry. Can I call you a pen? No. Uh, is this like a cult show? Or something? <laughs> a cult show, yeah. You are funny all by yourself. Tell me something. Just how much money do you make a week? You're real new at this, aren't you? Well, listen, I'm sorry. We're all out of time. Thanks for coming in. What a sport she is, huh? Wasn't it great to see Penny Marshall? Listen, stay tuned because next on the Astro Cable Network, we have Jeff's show coming up. And tonight, Jeff's going to show us all the wonder in his garage. So this is Kip Wilson for Bite the Big Apple saying thanks a lot for tuning in, New Yorkers. Stay crazy. We love you. Bye-bye. And I, don't, I wonder if that had anything to do, that meeting, they were in the same lot, I wonder if that meeting had something to do with his entire career because think about this. If Tom Hanks, and, and again, watching him on that show and how fucking talented he was, even the other guy too, Peter Scolari, but Tom Hanks is just such a, like if he wasn't going to make it, then nobody can. I mean, he's just so charming and interesting on that show. I mean, that's why we love Bosom Buddies. He was terrific and so should have done well in his career because he was great and he needed to do more and he did and it was obvious but if you think about it he meets penny marshall and what's the movie he does right out of bosom buddies splash directed by ron howard who obviously knows penny marshall and gary marshall really well and then ron howard and him forge a relationship for years to come and then Penny Marshall works with him in Big, works with him again in A League of Their Own. So, I mean, we all know Tom Hanks is a good guy, so people like working with him multiple times. But I wonder if it stems from that particular episode, where his whole career stemmed from that episode, meeting Penny Marshall, obviously hanging out, enjoying each other's company, and she's like, you know, she's just on Laverne and Shirley at the time, but... You know, they're coming up with Big, and she's like, you know who would be good? I met this guy a couple years ago, and she already knows he's good to work with through Ron Howard. There's no way they weren't friendly working for Gary Marshall for, you know, 10 years. And then, this, this is a crazy, just only just out connection. He, then he's, as we know, he works with Robert Zemeckis several times in uh, Castaway and uh, uh, Forrest Gump, of course. And who also works with Robert Zemeckis? Who's in Bosom Buddies? Wendy Jo Sperber. <laughs> Wendy Jo Sperber, the, 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 the fat, pretty girl. Sorry, but it's true. Uh, the, the, the plus size pretty girl from Bosom Buddies, who was always cute, who did a lot of work, is in Back to the Future. People love working with Spielberg. Loved working with Wendy Jo Sperber, who, of course, as we know, Tom Hanks used to work with, has worked with multiple times. And Spielberg, for some reason, loved Wendy Jo Sperber. Spielberg used her in 1942. Then he used her in Back to the Future, technically. And if she wasn't dead, they'd probably use her on other stuff, too. I think she got sick. So she plays Michael J. Fox's sister in the movie. Uh, what, what, what's the line? Oh, Marty, that girl called for you again. Jennifer called for you. I'm not your answering service. What, what the hell is this? 
breakfast. Well, if Paul calls me, tell him I'm working at the boutique late tonight. Linda, first of all, I'm not your answering service. Second of all, somebody named Greg or Craig called you just a little while ago. Well, which one was it, Greg or Craig? I don't know. I can't keep up with all of your boyfriends. Mm. Hey, what the hell is this? Breakfast. Would you sleep in your clothes again last night? Yeah, I... Yeah, what are, what are you wearing, Dave? Marty. I always wear a suit to the office. So all these bosom buddies things, and we know he used Peter Scolari in multiple things as his friend over the years, which is all you want to know, that they remained friends and he would throw them apart every now and again, which is what, you know, hopefully my friends always do. Hence, Uncle Vinny's. So you like, so I believe it all stems from this one particular bosom buddies that I saw Saturday night, late at night, in the middle of the night, three in the morning. Where, where, they, where the guest star? I don't remember this episode with Penny Marshall. The episode I do remember so well, seeing it first run as a little boy, is with his wife, current wife, Rita Wilson. But I did not know it was Rita Wilson. So Peter Scolari in the episode meets Rita Wilson, instantly falls in love, and they're dating. And then it turns out she worships the devil. And that, that's her flaw, because they're trying to figure out, what is this? What is this? You're right. And I remember that episode so well. I don't know why. I guess because as a person that was interested in television and structure and all that kind of stuff, you know, you were sitting there and you were invested. You're like, what's wrong with this girl? How is this going to end? You know, he's like, Kip, I'm in love. I mean, he's like, you don't even know where you just met her. He's like, no, I'm telling you. So you're, you're waiting and you know how sitcoms work. Even as a little person, you know, you know. She's not going to become a cast member, so how is it going to end? And you're waiting and you're waiting. So that's maybe that's why I remember. And you go, oh, my God, we finished each other's sentences. Oh, my God, you love Works on the Beach, too? I love Works on the Beach. And, she's like, what do you, and so Tom Hanks is like, what do you do for fun? Oh, you know, I do this. I do it. I worship the devil. And then um, she, he's like, what did you say? And then Peter Scott keeps going. He goes, yeah, she likes Works on the Beach, too. No, 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 the thing before that. And, you know, so it's one of those things. And then, uh, and then she goes, yes. And then she puts up her hood. And says, yes, let's call him here now. And then they all run out screaming. I mean, I remember that as a kid. I could have told you that verbatim without even seeing it a week ago. So, uh, Cindy, what, uh, what else do you do? Movies, books, walks in the park. I belong to a choral group and I worship the devil. That was on my list, too. Likes music. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you belong to a choral group and what? I worship Satan. You know, Beelzebub, Prince of Darkness. I can't wait for Henry to meet him. Oh, Cindy, I want to meet all your friends. Oh. Cindy also <laughs> likes to ski. So, we're going up to Vermont tomorrow, take a little ride. Mm-hmm. What the hell did she say? <laughs> Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. You're a, you're, a, you're a daughter of Satan. <laughs> Ten years now. She's kidding. Sure, you're shocked now, but believe me, in time, you'll see it my way. Now, come on. Let's bring him here right now. Everybody put your hands together. But I had no idea it was Rita Wilson, his current wife of whatever, 30, 40 years. And I don't think, I think he got married to somebody else first. But isn't that interesting? This bosom buddies. It must be such a great guy. He worked with all these people on this little show that didn't do very well. 
and he made lifelong friends, which is the right way to be on a show. And there's so many douchebags, you know, like uh, Catherine Heigl and people like that that just absolutely suck. And unless they're like Leonardo DiCaprio good, and I'm not saying he's a douchebag or anything. I, I don't know what his status is. You know, unless you're so good, <laughs> you know, you usually don't use it. It's like, it's like comedy. Like if Kate Herman was a terrific comic, I'd be like, ah, what are you going to do? Like Caitlin Palufo. She's difficult to work with in the sense that she's always late or always canceling. But she kills. So you make the trade-off because she's that strong. If she wasn't a strong comic, nobody would put up with it. So I don't know. Like I said, I took a picture of the two of them together. And it was fascinating to me because, you know, this is what I do in my head. I love this stuff. So speaking of which, I was also watching an episode of Different Strokes the week before. And I forgot to bring it up. And I brought it up on Marina's show last week because it was fascinating. And I, I probably remember it as a kid, but not as much as I remember this Bosom Buddies episode. But it, but it does shape me in the sense of why sometimes I'm on Marina's show because, you know, uh, we always talk about how I'm racist or something, you know, because I... I'm afraid of black people or whatever, right? That's the the gag on the show. And is it a gag? I don't know. I grew up in Jersey. I grew up a certain way, uh, you know, trying to work on it. Uh, but movies and TV kind of taught us this is the way things were. So I was explaining to the episode where, which was, you know, one of these things and, and things I do to this day as a joke now, but I got it from this episode. So Willis wants to have a birthday party and Mr. Drummond just goes, hey, whatever you want to do for your birthday is great. He goes, I want to have my birthday party in Harlem in the old neighborhood. He's like, uh, I guess. So he goes, no, come on. It'll be great. So he goes, Willis, whatever you want to do is fine. He goes, I want to have it at my best friend's house up there. She said, his mother said it's okay. And so he goes, fine. So they're planning the party. And then he's like, have a good time. And he goes, Mr. Drummond, you, or dad, no, I think he was still calling him Mr. Drummond. You're not coming? He's like, no, we're not coming. I'm Kimberly's not, you and Kimberly aren't coming? No, we're not going, we're not going to Harlem, you crazy person. He's like, no, you gotta go. He's like, no, uh, all right, fine, because they're terrified of Harlem, which is what movies and TV taught us for years, especially the first time I was there in 1983, driving up there, and that guy said, my man, you're now in Harlem, and I'm like, because ah, I used to watch these TV shows. So they're going to Harlem that day of the party, but they can't get a limo to take them up there. No limo service would drive them up there, which is hilarious. And somehow they get up there. They go to the apartment. And the first thing that happens is Mr. You know, says hello to everybody. And then there's a knock at the door and someone puts a gun through the door and he goes, get down, everybody. He's got a gun. And nobody gets down except Mr. Drummond. And then the gun is pressed and it's a flag that says, happy birthday, Willis. And he's like, ah, oh, of course. Uh, sorry. And the, and the mother comes out like, what are you? I told you not to do that anymore. You know, and big laughs, I guess. The next thing that happens is this big black threatening guy is looking in the window. And the audience, whatever they piped in, goes, oh, like, you know, there's going to be trouble. Big threatening black guy in the window. And then she's, he's, he comes through the window and Mr. Drummond sees him first. He goes, now, look. We don't want any trouble. Here's my wallet. Just take it. Just don't hurt anybody. And and then she's like, Barry, what are you doing? I told you not to come through that window. And he, oh, you know each other? And he's like, oh, sorry, I scared you. I mean, it's it, 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 it was so horribly racist 
And so funny because, I mean, I, I do that's how me and Marina met. It was like, I think, I don't know who I met. Maybe me and Sherrod, we became friends because I think the first day I met him, I'm like, now look, here's my wallet. I'm not looking for trouble. I mean, Rachel tells that story all the time. Where did I get that from? I got it from different strokes. As soon as you see a black guy, I'm like, now look. When, when I, and then, of course, I get it from Back to the Future. Now, we don't want any trouble from any of you reefer addicts. <laughs> now, thank God. You know, this is at the Comedy Cellar, so they kind of get the gag. But I didn't realize, I think that's where I was taking it from. Because I must have seen that in the 70s and said, well, I guess that's what I'll do when I see black people. <laughs> just, just take my wallet and don't hurt anybody. But then I realized that's, you can't be that way, but it would be funny, to you hope, if you act that way. I mean, thank, like I said, thank God I know comics that completely get the gag but it's not like i wasn't brought up that way and these are the interesting things you wish you could talk about with people not getting upset so you can have a conversation about like look this is the way things were in my neighborhood this is what tv and movies showed me and you know we're all working on it we're all working on it just everybody relax it takes time as i talk about with trans people all the time i'm like just don't shove it like in everybody's faces like with the sports and everything i'm like just just give us give everybody a little bit of time it'll be perfectly normal in 10 years maybe 20 whatever it takes you know it just takes baby steps but nobody has time or patience they want it to happen in their lifetime they want it to happen right now and can you blame them i don't want any trouble from any of you reefer addicts oh that's the bomb what the hell are you doing to my car? Hey, beat it, spook. This don't concern you. Who are you calling spook, Pecklewood? Hey, hey, listen, guys. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? Get home to your mama, boy. Well, let's move on to um, Mission Impossible again. I, I know I keep talking about it every week, but I finally saw the last one before the new ones that are coming out. This one called Fallout. Watched it in pieces again, but then I couldn't. I got too excited. I'm telling you, these movies. So this Christopher McQuarrie is the direct. He's directing all the last couple of movies. It's so terrific. The direction's so good. I I just can't believe it. It's a. Uh, it's it's it's. They're so entertaining and so well shot. There's these beautiful shots. A beautiful car chase or bike chase in Italy. And he's saying that about a car chase in this day and age, which is like, oh my god, how many times do we have to see this? And then there's a beautiful shot in these mountains and stuff. I mean, this guy, Christopher McQuarrie, is fantastic. But this, this, these Mission Impossible movies are really terrific. I know I'm just discovering them all of a sudden like an idiot. But they are coming out with, I guess, the last two. And I also like that they're all combined. I, I only wish James Bond would have done that earlier. I mean, obviously, they started doing that with the Daniel Craig ones. They combined a little bit more had some recurring characters that actually meant something, not just Q and M and all that kind of stuff, which is great, which, of course, is the best. But, yeah, there's something to the Mission Impossible movies that where the Bond movies could have been, or maybe still could be, that they should probably take a lesson from. You know, it's funny when you think about the Bond and, and comparing the two, because in many ways, Tom Cruise found a James Bond-like vehicle for him, uh, playing Ethan Hunt which I would never call myself. It's too easy to mess up. You know what I'm talking about. 
So it's probably interesting that after Sean Connery left, they're like, oh, we should. And the Bond movies definitely have gags. But then they went too far with the Roger Moore. So it's funny, you know, because I love the Roger Moore ones, but there's some things that make me so angry. The musical gags, the Tarzan stuff. I mean, just just makes you so angry. And they just, you know, really took liberties with this Roger Moore stuff and made it silly. So it's like Mission Impossible found a way to make a really good action movie that's incredibly fun and found ways to put in comedy in the absolute perfect way. And even though Bond is pretty good at that too, a little lightheartedness is... This is why all the Star Wars after 4, 5, and 6 are awful. 1, 2, 3, 7, 8, 9 are just so bad because they are missing... And I've talked about this a hundred times. The problem, they are missing Harrison Ford's charm and comedy. The best part about Star Wars, the first, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi is he's awesome and he's funny. You know, there's a lot of lightness to it and you appreciate that in an action uh, movie, but you got to do it the right way. And then they just made these Star Wars that are so serious and awful. And you're like, are you not getting that this is just stupid? Everything about this is stupid. Everything you're doing is stupid. Like that first one, everybody thought was stupid, but you couldn't. They're like, but they're also making fun of it. I mean, Harrison Ford's having a good time. And, you know, they're, they're, it seems like they get it. They're not taking it serious. And then when he did the, George Lucas did the one, two, and three, I'm like, this is so fucking serious. Don't you realize how fucking stupid this is? This this is stupid. The premise is stupid. Everything about this is stupid. It's just a bunch of jerk-offs in space. And you're taking it too serious. It's not real. This isn't like a World War II movie. It's a fantasy. I mean, could this happen? I, I don't know. Well, it did happen. A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Lighten up, people. That's what I say. Lighten up, Jews. Um, is your mom here? Oh. Hi. Hi. My name is Greg. Is it? Yes. My name is Larry. Hi. A great pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. So, what are you drawing? Oh, I'm just doodling. That's a Hitler mustache. That's Hitler hair. What's a Hitler? (laughs) Hitler was a bad man. A bad man? Very bad man. Oh, my God. Yes, he started a war. He, he He didn't really care for Jews. He thought they were a bit much. I would kick his butt. Would you? Yes. Good for you. What's that? What are you watching in there? Project Runway. Good show. And what do you like about it? The fashion. It's like the best show ever. You like fashion? Yes, I do. Hmm. Ooh, what's that right there? Oh, that's called a uh, swastika. I like how the lines just go straight in the up and then down and then straight and then up and then down. It's beautiful. My birthday's coming up in a week, so can you get me one? A swastika? Yeah. I, I don't know, Greg. I'll have to think about that. They should start selling them in every gift shop in New York City. Yeah, I don't think Jews would like that. Get a life, Jews. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is your mom ready? And as I've been seeing all these weird movies from the 90s. I saw another one I'd been waiting to see for a long time. It's Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant, never saw it before, called Two Weeks Notice. 
Now, I don't know how this got off my radar. It seems like a perfect thing for me. You know I love Hugh Grant. Nobody doesn't like Sandra Bullock. And let's say it's from 2002, maybe, as I've been watching all these romantic comedies from around the Notting Hill time that, you know, which I don't think they're making any. Like, you know, we talked about Little Black Book, like these horrible ones. I just started watching um, She's All That. I guess I'd never seen with uh, Freddie Pinch Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. But, you know, nobody cares. It's supposed to be stupid, so it's working. But two weeks' notice is, it's awful. And it cost $60 million to make, and it made $200 million at the box office. So it was a big smash. I don't know how I didn't see it, but it was god-awful. Really bad. And written by, or directed by, Mark Lawrence, who, as you know, we love his children. Gracie Lawrence, the Lawrence twins, or whatever they call themselves, the Lawrence band. Boy, they got great singing voices, and they're great. So this is their dad directing this movie. And it's poorly directed, and it's horribly written, and I think he wrote it too. It's bad, really bad. But it made money at the time because of the two stars. But it's so bad. And it also stars Alicia Witt. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to her? Another one of those girls that was like the it girl for a moment. She had a little story arc in The Sopranos. She was in a bunch of stuff, redheaded girl. Very fair skin. You couldn't pick her out of a lineup if you wanted to. But yeah, she was like the it girl for a while. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about her. What happened to her? Yeah, this movie is supposed to place, play, take place in New York, and I think a lot of it does, but then it's very clear a lot of it doesn't, which of course drives anybody that lives in New York crazy. You know, like my favorite example, the Amy Heckling directed uh, Look Who's Talking, it's supposed to place, take place in New York City, which is clearly Toronto. <laughs> I don't know how they thought they were going to pull that off, especially Amy, who lives here. How rude. But yeah, yeah, if you've ever seen that movie, tell me what you think. You know, I love romantic comedies, a good one. And that's why I was teaching this course. I mean, like, look at all the crap that was out there. And then there's these two, you know, Clueless and Notting Hill that rise above the rest of them, you know, that are well-written and they have characters. And then you have this piece of crap like this with, you know, at least one of my favorite romantic comedy people, Hugh Grant, I don't really care about Sandra Bullock, but I don't hate her in any way. Nobody hates Sandra Bullock. It's a fact. It's just bad. And it was disappointing because I wanted it to be. I was like excited to see it. I'm like, you know, here's a a Hugh Grant movie I somehow missed. Now, one of the ones I got to see, which I actually think was maybe also written by Mark Lawrence. Apparently, they worked together a while. It's called The Rewrite. My friend Chris Murphy told me I got to see this one. He says, you got to see this one. It's like it's made for you. So. I've never seen it. I never heard of it. I got to check that out next. Now that I've been watching more movies on Fridays, speaking of which today, after this, going to Mimi's, which is like right in my neighborhood. It's like a piano bar. They have the worst food I've ever had in my life, but uh, that's where uh, outside Steve and Alina and uh, her husband want to go. And let me tell you something again about her husband. This guy is the fucking great. I mean, I don't know how... We haven't been friends for 50 years because they were talking about getting a reservation and they're like, oh, I don't think that place takes reservation. We'll take a chance. And I obviously I hate that. Right. And the reason we're going there is because she says I get out of work at eight, eight o'clock. And I'm like, well, then I I'm out. I'm not going to dinner at eight thirty. I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to get fucking rushed out of the fucking restaurant anymore. 
And so she recommends a place. I say, I guarantee their kitchen closes at 945. I look it up. Of course, it does. You know, they close at 10. She goes, let's go to Wohop in Chinatown, a legendary place that used to be open till seven in the morning. They close at 10 because I was like, that sounds perfect. They close at 10. I thought they closed at least at midnight. So then she mentions this place. And I'm like, first of all, this place is right by my house. So I don't got to travel anywhere. Perfect. And they're open. I think their kitchen might be open till one. So we found a place. Just unfortunately, their food is God awful. But you go there for the fun. Whatever. It's in the neighborhood. So I'm doing that tonight. But I got to get to bed early because I think I'm going to work seven to three tomorrow so I can get up. I can get out of here. Go to that memorial service for that horrible woman that used to run the improv. Then go get my car in the garage and drive to New Jersey for the show. So I don't want to get too messed up because I got to get some form of sleep. But I mean, I guess I know I can make it up on Sunday, technically, even though I got to work Sunday morning too. But trying to fit it all in and then pretend like, oh, I don't have a regular job that I have to wake up at like six in the morning for. Don't worry about me. I'm cool, man. So... Just a little nervous, but at least, you know, and I'm I'm nervous that I'm in my neighborhood because if I went like an eight in the Upper West Side, then I have the walk back, which usually sobers me up. But if I get too drunk in my neighborhood, I don't get sober enough and then I get the spins and that's not good. But I'm not going to drink that much. I mean, that's not the plan. And we are eating. But sometimes it's fun to go out on Friday nights and I love hanging out with those guys because they're a lot of fun. Oh, because the reason why I was saying we say we'll take a chance. He sends me a clip and I know exactly what it is. From coming to America, where the two, the black guy and the old woman are on the subway, and she goes, Come on, sweetie, take a chance. And I knew exactly what it was. And I'm like, This guy, he is just the greatest. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even fucking believe it. This guy, I knew exactly, I saw the picture of the two people. I'm like, Oh my God. You know, I think Steve wrote, Take a chance. And then he put that picture. His mind works the way mine does, which is why I told him about the the sub in, in the in the casino with the shooting of the, the, the sub that he had a sub in his hand. I'm like, I know you're not going to get it instantly, but when I tell you what it is, and then he knows. So this guy's the best. So what do you think? Go on, honey. Take a chance. You know, something that happened is uh, at the funeral is I was so smart and I put on fucking sunscreen a lot of people wouldn't think of that for a funeral i'm like you know what this is the kind of stuff i've been doing lately i'm like well where am i going i put sunscreen on when i went to rachel's house i put sunscreen on for charity walks now i put it on the top of my head and i got like you know the stuff i use for moisturizer also has a brand of sunscreen so i put it on my head my forehead mostly and the back of my head and uh i'm like i'm patting myself on the back because it's goddamn genius because nobody's going to think to put on sunscreen at a funeral just how are you thinking that but I, I know that lot, and I know how sunny it is, and I know I'm going to need it, and I put it on, and when I woke up the next morning, I was completely sunburnt. I don't know how. It it was plus 30, so thank God I put that on because it wasn't, like, horrible. I could just feel it was burnt, but it wasn't, like, frying, probably because I planned in advance. My God. And what was I out there for, a half hour? And I'm thinking of going to the beach? I'll tell you, if Dave Elliott didn't have that cabana, there'd, no way, there'd be no way I could go to the beach. 
If not, I mean, I love hanging out with him, so it doesn't matter. But I couldn't hang out with him if he didn't have the cabana. Like, I don't, I can't sit under a uh, an umbrella for two hours. I mean, that cabana is everything. It's the only reason I go to the beach with my svelte body. <laughs> but it's time. It's time to go to the beach. Although I've been thinking, I might go down there on Fridays instead of Thursdays now. Because you know what I want to do? I want to go to the track. I haven't been to the track since COVID. It's time for me to go to the track. Let's face it. Dave Juskow likes the ponies. I go to visit my mom in the morning. And I'll go to the track in the afternoon. And then I catch the first race. You know, maybe I catch the first five races. You know, and then go maybe have something to eat. I don't think I'll be able to get anybody to go with me, but uh, yeah, I'm at the track, right? I'm going to be like easy money. I'm going to go after that guy and be like, uh, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to be everything that Rodney Dangerfield was in easy money, which unfortunately I am uh, without the dieting and uh, trying really hard to, you know, change my life around part. Hey, call me when you're this. All right. Hey, let's go while we're young. I do that while people are online. Yesterday, this, you know, again, taping on Fridays, went to my mom's. I, you know, she's got a lot of. You know, as you know, wasps and hornets on her terrace. But they got rid of it, and they've come and they've sprayed or whatever. Whatever they do, I don't even know. And I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a can of, like, fogger, and I'm going to spray it all over, and then we can sit out there taking a preemptive move. So I do that, and about 30 minutes later, we go out there, and we sit down, and what do I see? As soon as I sit down, a huge wasp's nest. They're building it in that same place it always is every year. And I'm like, I could have totally bought wasp and hornet spray. You know, that, you know, it's like a, a serious beeline, beeline hilariously, spray right to the nest. This fogger doesn't get up there. They couldn't have cared less about that fogger. And now my mother can't sit out there again. And we called and we're like, you got to bring an exterminator here. I mean, I don't know what it is about this one area where they just keep coming every year. I don't know why they can't caulk it up or whatever they got to do. So my mother can enjoy the at least fucking terrace because it sucks. It's this tree. It's a beautiful tree there. It's a perfect place to build a, a nest, unfortunately. But it happens every year. And by the time they get there on Monday, it's probably going to be huge because I'm watching them build it. And I'm like, we better go inside quick. And when I was spraying the fogger to try and get rid of the hornet's nest, I told my mother, I'm like, now do not stand behind me and block this door if I have to run in again because I will knock you down. <laughs> I've done it before. Oh, and then I don't know if you heard about this, but Billy Joel announced yesterday that he's ending the residency at Madison Square Garden. So Alon called me and told me I couldn't believe it. On July 2024 will be the 150th and final show. Obviously, we're going to try and get tickets to that, which is going to be tough. So everybody's been talking about all the sports stations are talking about and stuff because it takes place in MSG and everything. They're all talking about Taylor Swift because that took place at MetLife. So any of the places where they have Knicks or Giants or Jets, they talk about. It. So they've been all the sports stations have been talking about Taylor Swift all week because she was at MetLife Stadium. So that's you know what you get. Let alone Aaron Rodgers was there. Aaron Rodgers has been so awesome. 
I am so happy. I just want to do an Aaron Rodgers podcast now. I, I'm so in love with this guy, you know, until September and he ruins everything. But right now, he is loving New York. He's taking full advantage of New York. He went to see Wicked last night. He's at the Taylor Swift concert dancing around. Any Jet fan loves this. Now, if he's doing this in September or October and they're not playing well, people are going to hate him. But for now, <laughs> since it's the summer, he's getting acclimated to New York. He is enjoying the fruits of not living in fucking Wisconsin on a daily basis, and we all love it. It's awesome. So I really just need to do an Aaron Rodgers podcast and just talk about how great he is until he ruins everything. But for now, what if he is great and it all works? It'd be a very successful podcast. Anyway, Billy Joel's ending, and my friend Joel Osborne called me from Australia yesterday on uh, while I was at my mom's uh, on like WhatsApp. It was so nice to hear from him. He's like, have you heard? <laughs> he had to call from Australia for that. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? But he's so nice. You might have heard him on the podcast. What a great guy. What a terrific guy. I wish he lived around here. He's like, Dave, you got to come to Australia. And I'm like, I would love to come to Australia. God damn it. I might go to Los Angeles again. I haven't been there in a long time. Might go in July or August. I don't know. I don't know. Sarah might have her party. Might be a good reason to go. I haven't been there, what, five years? Shit. COVID. Meanwhile, after I went to my mom's, I didn't have any plans. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll go visit Aunt Judy. I haven't seen her in a long time. So I went to visit Aunt Judy. Make sure she's okay. Because, you know, Uncle Bob keeps falling. They keep going to the hospital. I'm like, let me check on these guys. And, of course, I go there. And she's probably going to listen to this, but I don't care. It's hilarious. And Uncle Bob says, oh, you got to see our car in the garage. Somebody keeps coming in and cleaning it, and it looks amazing. It's spotless. And I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, somebody comes. And, uh, and I'm like, somebody comes in in the middle of the night, cleans it, and then leaves? Yeah. Okay. But I mostly went into the garage to see those stickers I told you about that were there on how to work the garage door. I'm like, let me show the, let me see the new stickers that this this thug put that came into your house, put them up, and then left. Oh, there they are. So I took pictures <laughs> for the bonus show, which Aunt Judy will see. I take the risk because comedy is the most important thing. And that's why I then. So then I also went to visit my mom's next door neighbor, Marilyn, who I've always liked and is a delight and very kind. Reminds me of my grandmother, Aunt Judy's mother, because she always just sits in a chair and has people do stuff for her and gives them money. And that's what Aunt Judy's mom used to do. Before she left Brooklyn, and even after, she would just never leave the house and just have people do her bidding. Hey, here's 20 bucks, here's 20 bucks. It was, it was fantastic. I love watching her work. And this is what Marilyn does. It's great. So I went to go check on her too, and she's got this little baby, this little cat, this little kitty. And I got pictures. The cat was all over me. Oh my God, was I missing my cat. What a little sweetie pie. Her, the person that comes to take care of her five days a week offers me, can I get you some water? Can I get you some soda? Something like that. I'm like, no. And then she has water and Snapple in a hand. And she's like, come on, can I give you something? And she's like, take something. You're going to insult her. I'm like, I'll take the Snapple. So I'm like, thank you. I love Snapple. So I'm drinking the Snapple. And then we talk for a little bit and then I leave. And I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the white rose system. I haven't been there at all. Remember I chose tasty subs of the white rose system. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. And, have dinner there in my car again since I don't have any plans. 
And I went there. I got two calories with cheese that I thought I'd bring one home. I ended up eating it. And French fries with cheese. And a root beer. An A&W root beer I saw there because I already had the iced tea. So, for, first of all, before I tell you this story, those burgers, and I think, Gabriel, I think you, I can't, I know you went there, but I don't remember if you tried the Cali with cheese, and you were disenchanted by that place. I don't, that might have been my last time there. The burgers weren't good. Something's off about them. And I don't know whether they changed their name to White Rose Hamburgers, and there's a White Rose system in Roselle, New Jersey. Maybe I got to try that one, but that, the burgers weren't very good. And Gabriel had kind of touched on that when he came to check it out. So I don't know whether I'd go back or maybe I'd give him one more try and see if it's different, if it's consistently bad again. I guess that's the end of the White Rose system. But anyway, I got two burgers and cheese fries and the A&W root beer, and I'm like, I'm going to drive to a place where I can eat them. There's a little Wawa by Middlesex County College has a nice parking lot in the shade. I'm going to eat there. Because it's still daylight out at like, you know, 8 o'clock. Which I'm like, well, when's it going to get dark? I want to eat my car. I don't want anybody to see me. So I put the A&W, I mean, you can see where this is going, but I put the A&W can on, my, on the roof of my car <laughs> and I opened the door, put the bag and I set everything up, put my, you know, my book bag on the floor so I'm not going to do any mess and then I'm going to you know, drive to the location and obviously I leave the parking lot, I go down a couple ways and I'm like, wait a minute. We're, wait, the A&W root beer can't be in that bag because I just saw the cheese fries were in there. They, I don't think there's a soda. And then I remembered. So I stopped the car to see if it was still on the roof. It was not even nowhere. It was not, no. It was embarrassing because I know there was a car behind me when I pulled out of the lot. That must have been just laughing hysterically. So how glad was I that I took that Snapple that was still half full well, that's true. I was in front of a Wawa's, though. Well, I didn't make that connection. But whatever the case was, I'm like, well, I still got the Snapple. And I just couldn't wait to go to Wawa anymore. Like, I just, I was like, no, I got to eat right now. It's been 10 hours. I was glad that I uh, was kind enough to accept the Snapple and not insult anybody. And it was delicious. And then I think, oh, God, then I went to Quick Check and I got one of those shakes that you can just make. Like they have a machine that just makes it and I bought some peanut butter cook. Oh my God, it was a mess now that I'm thinking about it. How am I going to, where's my beach body? What am I doing to, well, I'm not having the breakfast. I didn't go into work at all this week, just coincidentally. So I skipped breakfast every week and I did lose uh, one pound when I was on my mother's scale and that's the consistent scale I use. So, but I'm sure if I went on it after last night, it would not going to be good. Anyway, when I got home, I ran into that crazy, crazy lady who made the movie Bird's Eye View. And I'd been waiting to run into her so I could show Tom Snyder and his family, you know, the, the, the building. So, I, so she comes out and I'm talking to my sister and I hang up and she's like, oh my God, we won every award. We won every award. I won every award for all my movies. They won everything. And I'm like, okay, crazy person. So I go into the lobby and I say, hey, let's take a picture. Danny, can you take a picture of us? I'm going to send it to my... No, no pictures. No pictures. And I'm like, what do you mean no pictures? No pictures. I'm not taking any pictures. I'm like, no, I'm taking a picture. I'm going to do it right now. Don't you dare. And she's holding up this file. I'm like, you're showing us a picture. You're on the movie cover. The fuck is the matter with you? And I'm like, my friends paid for your stupid movie. You take this fucking picture. You fuck. Who the fuck are you? I just took a picture with Amy Schumer the other day, and she's more famous than you are. I was getting furious. 
I mean, what the hell is this? So I secretly videotaped you, which I'll show you on the bonus show, because fuck her, that she doesn't want her picture taken. I was, But this is the new way I found to get rid of her when I didn't know how I was going to get upstairs. And I also, in, in doing so, helped the doorman as well, showing her this new method to get rid of her. Just try and take her picture, and then she runs away. It's fantastic. So in that sense, it was a successful day. Because I still got the videotape. Because screw her. She's not taking a photo. And, and then my friend Danny down, downstairs told me, he's like, hey, do you remember when Danny Zarin was here and you know Michael Caine would come in all the time? I got a picture. He was sitting right there. I said, do you mind if I take a picture? He goes, no, I don't mind at all, Danny. That would be perfectly fine. I mean, so Danny's got a picture of Michael Caine who came into the building. Iman and David Bowie, who used to come in the building for that guy who used to help. But the Sabella, whatever the fuck her name is now, won't take a picture. Fuck you. What an asshole. <laughs> so fucking rude. I can't even believe it. I, You know, you can make a case. If you say, I, I, I look horrible, I look horrible. I can accept that. But just like, no pictures. No pictures. You suck. And that is my rant. For today, what's my beef, Dave? I'll tell you what my beef is. There's people like this. They have an Amazon move. They don't want to take a picture with somebody. What the fuck is that? In this day and age, you don't want to take a picture. You better get ready. You better get ready with Instagram. Your movies won everything. Fuck you. Impossible. What What could it have won? The Dave Juskow Award? Come on. The Juskies? Did you win a Jusky? Because until you've won a Jusky, you're wasting everybody's time. That's all I'm saying. All right, that's our show for this week, 6666. Well, ironically, this show comes out on 666. My shows are scheduled to go out at 6 in the morning. So on June 6th, the sixth month, the sixth day, sixth hour, comes out this podcast. Next week, I'll tell you how tonight, uh, tonight went at Mimi's. I'll tell you how Saturday's show went, and I'm sure there will be other things to say and that'll all be coming up on what the june 13th episode it just keeps going 666 but then the 13th we'll be back in the studio but this week for the comedy seller nightly show virtual i'll be at my house michael be at his house and then after that two weeks for sure uh in fact we know we have joey cola coming in he's a comedian for years on the 20th he uh, used to warm up Rachel Ray until she just finished. He used to warm up America's Got Talent. He's terrific. He's going to have a lot of fun with him. And I will get a guest for the 13th as well. But that doesn't matter. That's this week. This week is the 6th. And let's concentrate on one week at a time during the Summer Fun Podcast of Just Gal in the City. We'll see you next week, everybody. Good night. Good night.